Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Thursday, November 17th, 2022. Well, if you went to a church service this weekend and went home and somebody asked you, oh, how was church today? And you said it was awful. What do you think they would think you mean? Uh, Well, they they would likely think that it was a really bad church service, that either, you know, the, the worship team was all out of sync with each other, or the preacher was just very poor in his delivery or unbiblical, or the environment was unfriendly, or maybe something heretical was said. These would be the things that they would assume. Because when you say something is awful, you mean that it's really, really bad. You don't mean that it is full of awe. Uh, we don't want our church services to be awful in, in the way that we use that word today, but we should want our church services and beyond that, our lives to be full of awe. And, and that's how our passage today, we're looking at Hebrews chapter 12 in the New Testament. That's how it ends. It says in verse 28, therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. So there you you see our worship, you know, we think of our worship services, our worship should be characterized by reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. Now, that may seem like a serious statement, but I want to back up now and look at the whole chapter because we see in this chapter some things that are very encouraging, but we also see some things that are very, very serious. And that's something I feel like we don't do well with most of the ways that we think in putting those two things together. Something encouraging has to be like light, you know, and something serious has to be intense. No, no, serious things should encourage us. And I want you to see these notes throughout this chapter. It begins with a very well-known passage. Verse 1, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. There, and maybe you think of that as an encouraging passage, as it encourages us to run, to put aside sin, and to run after Jesus, looking to him, run the race of the Christian life. Uh, But then we do see in these next verses, even encouragement, but also the seriousness. Verse three, consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint hearted in your struggle against sin. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Wow. Uh, And that's pretty intense. Resisting sin to the point of shedding blood. Um, and saying, most of you have not done that. And probably most of you listening to this podcast today haven't done that. But in order to endure in that kind of situation, we have to consider Jesus. Uh, we, we want to look to him so we don't grow weary or faint hearted. And then it talks about discipline, which is another serious topic, but it 
it ends with encouragement, reminding us that discipline is good, that God, in the middle of verse 10, he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So there you see these encouraging things. And then it gets to verse 12. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. And then it gives all these practical exhortations, strive for peace and for holiness. Um, let there be no root of bitterness. Uh, see that no one obtain, fails to obtain the grace of God, that no one is sexually immoral. All of these things, very serious warnings. So if I could summarize, well, what is that blend between uh, encouragement and all the encouraging notes that we see here in Hebrews 12 and all of these very serious notes and warnings? If I could sum it up in, in one word, it, it really would be fortitude. There should be a strength that we have from the encouragement, but so let me put it this way. The encouragement leads not to a relaxing, oh, oh, okay, I can relax now because I'm encouraged. Uh, The encouragement should lead to strength and fortitude. Um, that the encouragement doesn't lead us to relax and lie down on the couch. The encouragement leads us to keep running and to keep fighting because the race is worth it and the battle is serious, right? Uh, This holiness, without it, we're not going to see the Lord. And sexual immorality can lead people astray like Esau, who then didn't repent, uh, right? We, we want to have that fortitude and that strength. And where does that fortitude and strength come from? Well, it comes from what we see then at the end of the chapter, that we are people who are full of awe for God because it compares Mount Sinai um, where it talks about, we haven't come to what can be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and tempest. Remember back in Exodus, that was the scene at Mount Sinai. Uh, that's not what we have come to. Uh, We have come to something better. And he doesn't say, so you don't need to worry about uh, anything. It's no, this thing that we have come to is actually more serious. And that's a big part of the book of Hebrews. This is serious. And, And that seriousness should lead to real encouragement, real strength. And even at the end, we see real thanksgiving. Let us be grateful for this kingdom that we've received and worship God with reverence and awe. So I want to encourage you today, uh, don't settle for these overly simplistic ways of understanding the Christian life where either I'm just encouraged and everything's great and I can just relax and go lay down and take a nap on the couch until Jesus comes back. Well, also not just thinking, well, it's, it's just serious all the time and there's no joy in the Christian life. No, we see all of those elements together. In fact, they should feed off of each other. If we really have a high view of God, if we really have an awe for him, we're going to be encouraged. We're going to be encouraged even in pain and discipline. We're going to be encouraged that God's working on us. When we're tired, we're going to be encouraged to keep going. But we're also going to understand this is serious. The stakes are high. And really a lot of that goes back to that's because of who God is. If we really understand who God is, we understand what a serious thing it is to to see God and to turn away from him. And that's not what we want to do. That's not what we want others 
to do. We want to strengthen our drooping hands. We want to run with endurance the race that is set before us. So I hope thinking about God, thinking about the gospel and how truly awesome all of that is encourages you and gives you a fortitude and a strength to live your Christian life today. Uh, Let's go back to the Old Testament now, to Jeremiah, where we'll look at chapters 50 and 51. And here now you see two chapters of judgment being announced on Babylon. And think about how this uh, maybe goes back, if you remember last weekend, especially you faithful Saturday listeners, uh, when we read the book of Habakkuk and God, uh, even though Habakkuk was confused, how can you use the Babylonians to um, come and punish us when they're worse than we are. And God says, Hey, I'm going to take care of it. Well, now we see God uh, prophesying of how he is going to take care of it and how judgment will come on Babylon. And we see that these prophecies will be fulfilled. We'll even read about them in the book of Daniel when the Medes and the Persians come and overthrow Babylon. And some things to notice here, there, there seems to be a very big contrast between Babylon and God's people. Um, it even speaks throughout the reading of this idea of vengeance, that, that God is coming and, and now taking vengeance for his people because of what the Babylonians have done. You see that idea of vengeance throughout these two chapters, but you see this word specifically there in chapter 50, verse 15, raise a shout against her all around. She has surrendered. Her bulwarks have fallen. Her walls are thrown down for this is the vengeance of the Lord. Take vengeance on her due to her as she has done. So very directly, God is saying, hey, Babylon, you've done these wicked things. Now these wicked things will be done to you. And there again seems to be a marked contrast between Babylon and God's people. Even earlier in that chapter, it speaks of uh, the people of Israel and the people of Judah coming together, weeping as they come, and they shall seek the Lord their God. And we don't see future promises or any restoration promised to Babylon. Uh, We even see the last verse of the chapter saying, thus shall Babylon sink to rise no more because of the disaster that I am bringing upon her, and they shall become exhausted. So here, even we see the justice of God, something that should encourage us that God will ultimately vindicate his people and God will ultimately bring vengeance to the wicked. Even when those wicked people for a time are given the ability to run in their wickedness and even to have some level of victory in their wickedness like the Babylonians did. But in the end, God will settle the score. And so we see that very clearly here in the book of Jeremiah. So even that, seeing the vengeance of God, I hope that elevates our view of God and gives us an awe of God. And we see, man, if people see God and turn away from him, that is a serious thing. We don't want to be those people. We should be encouraged today. We should be filled with fortitude and strength to run after him, to stay strong, to fight the good fight of faith, knowing that he is worthy. He is a God that we should be grateful for and that we should worship with reverence and awe. So, I hope you have a truly awful day. And by that, I don't mean to say that I hope your day is bad. I hope it is truly full of awe to our great God. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. 
To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.